hello everyone. It's uh, the fourth episode of Tech Founders Talk, and today we have uh, our guest as uh, Brian. Uh, Brian is the co-founder of GreenPal, um, and uh, he will tell us about his online marketplace. So hello, Brian. It's nice to have you here. Hey, sounds good. Thanks for having me on, Donna. Uh, great. So uh, can you tell a little bit about your idea uh, about is this online marketplace that connects homeowners with lawn care professionals? Yeah, so... Uh, Green Pal is like the Uber for lawn mowing. So let's say you have a house and you have a yard. Uh, somebody's got to cut the grass to keep it short. Uh, Green Pal enables a homeowner or a home renter to hire a lawn mowing service in a, lot of, in a matter of minutes. So normally you would have to call these people and figure out their schedule, figure out their price and leave voicemails or emails. Uh, Green Pal enables you to get quotes uh, really quickly, read reviews about them and just hire them like, uh, like ordering an Uber. Uh, and so they come out, cut your grass. And if that goes well, uh, you'll, get, uh, you'll get a picture of the completed uh, lawn after it's done. And then you can hire them for the rest of the lawn mowing season uh, and just kind of set it and forget it. And so uh, it's a great way for homeowners to save time and money on getting their grass cut. And then uh, for service providers, they uh, use the platform to operate their business and, and grow their business on top of the technology we have built for them. Mm -hmm. Great, thanks. And uh, uh, how did you come up with this idea? Because usually you have to do some market research or you can find some gaps in user needs. How did you come up with that? Yeah, so I think when you're starting a new business, it can help to be solving your own problem, uh, be uh, trying to fix something that you see is wrong with the world. So for me, I actually uh, started mowing grass uh, in high school as a way to make extra money. And I grew this lawn mowing business of mine uh, as I was 19, 20 years old into a real uh, landscaping company uh, that had over 150 employees, over $10 million in revenue at over a 15 year period of time. And so I grew uh, a landscaping business from scratch. I saw how difficult it was for lawn mowing services to operate their business efficiently and how difficult it was for them to get connected with homeowners in their neighborhood who just want to hire them for grass cutting, but they don't know who they are. They don't have any way to reach them. Mm -hmm. And so seeing this problem exists on a daily basis running my first company enabled me to kind of see, okay, technology can make this more easy for both sides of this marketplace, both sides of this transaction. And so the idea for GreenPal was a very obvious one uh, for me. I uh, started the company seven years ago uh, with two co-founders and uh, we've been working on it ever since, just building the marketplace, building the platform. And we have over 200,000 uh, homeowners that use the platform today in the United States. Oh, that's great. And which, uh, which state did you start in? We started uh, in our hometown of Nashville, Tennessee. And we uh, stayed in uh, Nashville for three years, uh, only in Nashville, to figure out how to make uh, the Uber for lawn mowing work, uh, how to build the marketplace, how to how, what screens uh, needed to look like, what features we needed, uh, how, to, how to make it reliable and cost effective. All of these things we kind of figured out in our own backyard. And then as time went on, we were able to expand to other cities in the United States. And now we're in nationwide in the United States. We're, we're in every major city. That's great. Uh, speaking about uh, technology, actually, I would like to know, and maybe you can tell our readers, uh, how, uh, um, how did you come up with the best solution to implement it? 
maybe you consult some technical partner or what technology did you use and how did you decide to use it? Yeah, it's a really good question because my first business was just a traditional lawn mowing business. It didn't use technology hardly at all. And so uh, starting my second business, which is a tech startup, it is a technology-enabled marketplace, uh, I had to... I had to learn how to build software. I didn't know how to do that. And I, I was very naive uh, when I started it. I didn't kind of, I didn't know what I didn't know. And that kind of was the thing that got me started because I didn't know how hard it was going to be. <laughs> and so the first, uh, the first thing my two co-founders and I did was we paid a, uh, a development agency in Nashville $150,000 to build the first version of GreenPal. Yeah. And we thought we would launch that and we would just market it and grow it. And we would just be off and running on our way to success. But that's not how it turned out. We, we, we launched the first version mm -hmm. and it was a total failure. It was difficult to use. Nobody wanted to use it. Uh, it didn't really solve the problems it should solve. And we became, uh, we, we got very frustrated. We, we, we were very uh, disappointed, but we were confronted with the reality that if we're going to have a, uh, if we're going to be a tech startup, we need to learn how to build technology. And so we went to work on ourselves at the mm -hmm. same time of working on the business. Uh, we read every blog post we could read. We, we took on uh, every, we took every online class we could take to learn how to build back in and front end technologies. And my co-founder even went to a boot camp for seven months to learn how to build uh, Ruby on rails. Wow. And so for us, we had to spend a couple of years learning how to build software while building the second version of GreenPal. And it was a very long, hard journey, but it, but it was kind of worth it. And so uh, looking back seven years later, I'm glad we stuck with it because now we have a profitable growing business. But the first three or four years were, were very much an exercise in faith. Mm -hmm. Okay, very nice. Very interesting journey, in fact. And uh, um, you're talking about um, tech uh, aspects, uh, did you decide to change some technology or uh, rebuild something late or you just expanded it? Uh, maybe you made some mistakes that you can share. Yeah, so the first mistake was trying to outsource everything before we could figure out how to do it ourselves. And so the first version was built in PHP because the lead developer for the, the agency that we hired uh, was an expert in PHP. Mm -hmm. And uh, ideally, we could have taken that and fixed what was wrong with it um, and, and iterated on top of it. But the only boot camp in Nashville that at the time was training was uh, teaching Ruby on Rails. And so we had to start from scratch to rebuild it in Ruby on Rails. And so that was a, a mistake uh, that we made. If we were going to outsource the first version, we at least should have uh, outsourced it in a, in a technology that we could have learned and, mm -hmm. and built on top of and iterated on. So that was a mistake. Um, the, the next mistake we made was we, uh, we tried to launch a mobile app uh, native uh, too soon before we, we figured out uh, the prototype for what we needed to build in the first place. So the first thing we did is we went to work on a native mobile app. We really didn't even know uh, what the interfaces needed to look like. And so ideally, we would have just not built a mobile app for a while, and we would have 
just relied on web mobile, figured out what worked and then built a mobile app. Uh, but we wasted like two years of our time trying to be good in both places. And we really just should have focused on one platform. And so that was another mistake that we made. Uh, now here we are seven years later, we have iterated on top of what we have and we have it honed in onto a, a good product experience. And then we, we export that to uh, mobile platforms uh, because the web is just easier to build on and um, for us. And so we should have just figured it out on the web and then built the mobile apps. So there were several mistakes made in terms of trying to scale too quickly before we really figured out the, the right recipe for success. And for us, we're a bootstrapped uh, startup. We haven't taken any outside capital. So we have to be very careful with how we spend our time and what we focus our efforts on. And so that's if I could have done it all over again, that's how I would have done it. Okay. Very interesting. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's much uh, more important to focus on one thing and do it uh, right and then move to another thing. Yes. Uh, but thank you. It's very important to hear. And also would like to ask, um, uh, so, uh, yeah, talking about your platform, it says that it connects uh, right uh, lawn care professionals with, uh, uh, with uh, people who need them. So... And it says that your system checks their skills. Uh, can you explain how it works, actually? Yes. So every time a lawn mowing service wants to offer their services on our platform, they have to go through a, a uh, series of checks to make sure that they are in the business and that they'll do a, a good job. So the first thing that we do is we verify what kind of equipment they have. Do they have the proper commercial grade lawn mowing equipment uh, so they can do a good job? The next thing we do is we, we ask them for background uh, references, other customers that they have worked for, and we verify those to make sure that they at least have some references. Uh, mm -hmm. Then they have to upload a, a proper ID and, and go through a, 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 a background uh, bank check uh, before they can receive payments on our platform. So there's these verification processes that we do on every service provider. So when a homeowner hires them, they know they're getting somebody who's legit. They know that they're, they're getting somebody who's a real person who says they, who is who they say they are. Mm -hmm. And, and that's an experience that we offer for homeowners that necessarily wouldn't exist if they were just calling somebody on Craigslist or, or on uh, Google, they necessarily wouldn't necessarily be able to, uh, to know those things about that person. So uh, that's, something we do like like day one and then um, as the service provider the lawn care professional does uh, transactions on the platform we accumulate reviews about them to make sure that they're doing a good job how often they show up on time uh, other statistics like how often they get booked for a second lawn mowing to really understand who's good and who's not and the service providers that don't make the cut we we expel them from the platform because they're not offering a good experience to the homeowners who need to get the service done mm -hmm. That's great. Sounds like a great experience to be a user of your platform. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and can you share what challenges did you face when entering the market? Because I guess there were some similar products or you were the first like this. It's interesting. We are the only platform like this in the world okay. that does this thing. But we still compete with the status quo, the, the old way of doing things. Unfortunately, uh, people still predominantly do it the hard way. Uh, if they need to get somebody to mow their yard, they're still going to ask friends and family for recommendations mm -hmm. or try to look on Facebook or something like that. And it's just the hard way because they don't, 
they they might look on Google for GreenPal. They may have heard of GreenPal, but they may not have. And so the status quo of how people traditionally would approach this problem is the primary uh, point of competition that we face because we need to uh, further expand our awareness uh, of our brand in, in the United States. And that's what we're working on uh, to, uh, actually today is, is being able to let more people know about the platform and let them know that this is the easiest way in the world to get this service done. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. And uh, what monetization uh, model did you choose for your platform? Because uh, you can use ads, you can use uh, charge for the deals. Uh, what did you choose and why? Yeah, so we have two ways that we make money. Uh, the first is the service providers that use our platform, our chart, uh, they pay a small subscription fee to have access to the tools and to be able to access the marketplace. And then the second way that we make money is we charge a small transactional fee for every single service that they do on the marketplace. So they only pay when they're hired, and they only pay when, when they have a successful transaction. And so this kind of keeps our, our interests aligned with the service providers that use our technology is that if they win, the platform wins and vice versa. And so that transactional monetization uh, helps us kind of keep everybody aligned and going towards the same goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, nice. And uh, um, <clears throat> talking about the current situation, because with the pandemics, everything has changed a bit. Uh, can you share a bit how can you see what changes do you see in the in your market in online marketplaces and uh, uh, how has it affected your your product yeah so we got lucky uh, a lot of online marketplaces uh, were benefited by the current uh, situation and some weren't um, if you're in travel or anything like that you, you obviously were hurt by this but for us uh, there's a lot of apps that that are having record years like Uber Eats, Uber, uh, DoorDash, Postmates. These are all like um, uh, marketplaces that connect people who need to get grocery delivery done. Like these companies are doing awesome. And we're kind of, we're kind of riding the wave of that, of this uh, contactless ordering, um, mm -hmm. being able to order something to be done at your home, but not have to meet with somebody and not have to exchange cash. Uh, is 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 really helped us, and so we've kind of repositioned the way we we uh, we we message the product as a a contactless way to hire a lawn mowing service. Whereas traditionally, you might have to meet with this person in the in the front yard and negotiate with them, or walk around the property, or or exchange cash with them. We enable everything to be done with no face to face contact, and, and in many cases, not, you don't even have to talk to them. You can just order it right off the app. Yeah, I guess it's the future of you know, of this service, and uh, it's very popular now that you don't have actually to contact a person. It's very yeah, great. we like to think so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and did you use any open source uh, ready-to-use marketplace software uh, to build this, or you built everything from scratch? Because I know there are some ready-to-use solutions, uh, so it's interesting to know. Yeah, so there, there's, there's a couple platforms that uh, I think one's called Share Tribe mm -hmm. uh, that that I I haven't really looked into them. I don't know how they work. Uh, we did not use anything like that. We we built everything from scratch. Um, mm -hmm. I think you know if I had to do it all over again, I, I I still would build it from scratch. But I think those those options might be 
good to validate an idea. Like maybe you want to start like the Uber for massages and you don't know mm -hmm. if it's going to be a good idea or not. You can maybe like use share tribe to like pop up something and mm -hmm. try it out. I mean, that's a really good way to like validate if an idea is good or not. And then once you do, you, I think you're probably gonna have to take a step back and rebuild it and have it yourself because like no, no two services are the same. And so every, every vertical is going to have a different set of needs and you kind of have to build your own tools to, to serve those, those users. So I, I believe you're like, you know, to really compete and build a scaled uh, marketplace that connects buyers and sellers, you're probably going to need to have your own technology, but those, 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 those uh, open source kind of like platforms are probably good to validate ideas. Mm. <clears throat> okay, great. And, uh, also, I would like to know if you can share what, how did you find your first users? Because it's one thing to to build your product, and it's another thing to get it used, uh, to find your first uh, customers, right? So, can you share how did you start doing that? Yeah, and so when we launched the first version, we didn't have any kind of user acquisition strategy. We we had to pass out flyers, door hangers all over our city, uh, like 200,000 of them, oh. just getting the word out about the platform. And we knew we didn't want to do that long term, but it was something that we had to do that day to get people to try it out. And we were able to get two or 300 people to use it. And then we met with as many of those people as that, that would meet with us. And we talked to them, you know, what problem did you think the, the platform would solve for you? Or where did it not solve a problem for you? And try to really learn if we were building something that people wanted or not. And after we did that, we had to figure out, okay, well, we got to figure out a, a, a scalable way to, to attract users. And for us, we bet everything on organic search. We, we really, really, really uh, focus a lot of effort on competing in organic search. And for when somebody's looking for a lawn mowing service in their town, GreenPal pops up as an option. And as it turns out, it's really difficult to compete in organic search, but we have focused a lot of the, in, a lot of the efforts of the company to do that. Hmm, that's interesting. And do you use it now? Like, uh, do you continue? Yes, over half of our users still to this day come from Google just searching for a lawn mowing service and they stumble across one of our landing pages and they, Oh, what is this thing? Green pal? I'll give it a try. And so that's how half of our users uh, learn about the platform. The other half come from word of mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess it's a great uh, source. I mean, organic searches, it's going to be really effective in some uh, industries. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay, great. And, um, uh, what can, what can you share about your next plans? Do you plan to expand uh, in other countries maybe, or you plan to stay in the U.S.? Yes, great question. So uh, we still have quite a bit of ways to go in the United States. We, we are in every major city. We have several hundred thousand people using the platform. Uh, we're going to do $20 million in revenue this year. So we're doing, we're doing well. We've come a long way in seven years, but we still have a long way to go in the United States in terms of the very small towns throughout the, throughout the country. After that, yeah, we want to we want to expand into Canada, UK, Australia, uh, then maybe throughout Europe. Um, as it turns out, uh, this idea of of Uber for lawn mowing is is not a real sexy one. There's not a whole lot of people working on it, so it's kind of just something that that we're working on and and that we see ourselves doing five, ten, twenty years from now. Great, great. 
maybe I will see you in our country one day. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> okay. And uh, the last question I have for you today is uh, what advice can you give to tech startups who are just starting, who have their ideas, but they're not sure if it will work, uh, where to start? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously get started, uh, less, less time planning, more time doing, validate the idea. Like we mentioned with ShareTribe, if you have an idea for a marketplace, ShareTribe might be a good way to validate, like spend less time uh, thinking and less time, more time doing. And then the other thing is, is like, understand it's going to be three or five years before you have anything. Uh, the mm -hmm. first year is going to be a total waste, but don't give up. The second year, you might figure a little something out, but it's not till year three, four, and five till you really have a, a business. And so don't, don't get started on any idea for any tech product and, unless you're willing to dedicate five to 10 years to it, because that's how long it's going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a great journey with lots of fun, but also a lot of work. A lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Uh, thank you very much for sharing your experience. It's very val valuable for our listeners and for us. So uh, it's it was great to talk to you. And uh, yeah, thank you. Awesome. awesome, Donna. Thanks for having me on.